Last weekend was the SWO, the annual SWO Christmas party. And we do this every year, and it's, it's, uh, it's an awesome time because we have staff come in from all different years. We have folks that worked here, gosh, 20 years ago that, that come into that, uh, that weekend every year. And I want to share a little bit of an update from that. And also, I want to share with you um, the challenge or the word of encouragement that I shared with a couple hundred people last Saturday night at the Swell Christmas Party. Um, I think it'll be an encouragement to you, even though it was targeted or geared at them. Um, it's directed to them. I think the word that uh, the Lord gave to share with them would be an encouragement to a lot of our listeners. And it'll give you a, a peek. Uh, you know, from time to time, we like to give you a peek behind the curtain of what goes on at SWO. A lot of our listeners have served here in the past, and so you know. Uh, but we want we, we really want people to feel like they're connected and they're a part of, of what the Lord's doing here. And we're a big community of faith and a big faith family, and we want everybody to to, to feel like they're a part of it. And so I, we want to we want to bring you along for that. And then uh, I want to give some updates in this episode uh, here as we're coming to the end of the year. Give some year end updates that I think will be real encouraging. Um, we've watched the Lord move in incredible ways, and want to want to share that with you. So thank you for tuning in to No Sanity Required. Welcome to this week's episode. Welcome to No Sanity Required from the Ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a podcast about the Bible, culture, and stories from around the globe. Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. 2023 was an incredible year uh, here at SWO. We saw the Lord do such an incredible work in so many people's hearts and lives. I want to give you some numbers um, just so you can celebrate with us. In 2023, we had 11,151 registered attendees. So that means people that registered, signed up, um, came to an event, a marriage conference, you know, or some other adult retreat, a summer camp, um, a student ministry event, a Christian school event, whatever, whatever it might have been. 11,151 souls sat in the seats at, at, uh, in the Super Coop and heard the Word of God uh, faithfully and ex- expositionally or expositorily taught and preached and were impacted. And so I just want to, I just want to say thank you to the Lord publicly. Thank, give the Lord thanks. I want to just pause and pray. Lord, I thank you. Um, don't, don't normally do this on this podcast and, and just stop and pray. Maybe should do that more often, but just give you thanks for moving in hearts and lives and even the prayers that were answered in the way that you brought people here. We we pray each day as a staff when we meet, we pray over the people that are going to come and the people that you're going to bring here to this valley to be ministered to. And you've grown this ministry in so many ways. We're, we're In so many ways, we're the same as we've ever been, our core values and, and who we are at, at the core and the center of you know the, the gospel ministry that you've called us to be. But Lord, you've You've, you've shaped and molded and reformed and refined and grown us, and we're just grateful for the work you're doing here. Your good hand of, of provision and protection and blessing is on this ministry, and that's evidenced by the 11,151 people that came here. So we thank you. I pray your blessing over each one of them and that you would do incredible things in their lives in 2024, and I pray that as many of them will return 
Lord, I pray that, that, that you would hold them in your stead and sway and, and grip and that that grip of grace would watch and guard over them and guide them and, and that when they come back here, they would be rejuvenated. And Lord, I pray you would open doors and make a way for new people to come. We are, we are experiencing growth pains, as you know, and we're turning people away. We don't want to do that, but we rejoice over those that, that attended and ask you to bless and move in their lives. So thank you in Jesus name. Amen. 11,151. Thank y'all for, for your support. Those that listen and, um, this, this, uh, this podcast is, has far exceeded anything we ever imagined it would do. I'm blown away by how many people listen to it and, and encourage us. Um, later on, I wanna, at the end of the episode, I'm going to share a couple of encouraging emails, or at least one. Um, okay, next, some staff numbers. Summer, summer staff, um, all hands on deck this past summer. We had 210 people working here. Isn't that incredible? 210 people were working here last summer. 210. That is wild. Um, it takes that many to do the work, and we celebrated uh, our, at our Christmas party that we're going to talk about in a minute. We celebrated 20 years with Connie Whitaker, who has faithfully served in our kitchen and our food service department for 20 years. We're only 26 years old. She's been there for 20 of them. That's pretty amazing. Um, pre- pretty awesome. Um, but 210 folks served this summer. Uh, that's not counting. I, I mean, that there's some folks that volunteered a week here, a week there, people that came out, um, day to day and helped out. And, um, so those numbers, those numbers are, are modest, like the 11,151 attendees that's registered attendees. That's not counting. I mean, there, there are times where we'll have 20 or 30 people here, um, you know, that are attending, like a local youth group that comes out to attend a worship service, something like that. Uh, and so, and that's also not counting how many people we minister to on the road at conferences and events. And, you know, that number goes way up from there, but 11,151 is a firm number of people that, that came and we're just grateful for that. Listen, here's a fun stat. Um, the breakdown between summer camp and the rest of the year, 11,151 Summer camp was 5,350, 5,350. So about, you know, about half is, is the way it, it splits out. Um, let's see. Yeah. 5,801 came between August and May. And that's an, I think that's significant number because people think of us as a summer camp and, and I try to explain to people, well, we're not just a summer camp. And, but it's hard to explain who we are and what we do. But 5,350 people came in the summer. 5,800 came between August and May. That's fall retreat, winter retreat, or winter swoe. That's our spring D now. That's uh, marriage conferences, men's events, women's events, uh, college retreat. Um, we led 4,715 share groups. That's where we go deeper dives um, beyond just what we, we cover in sermons. Um 182 sermons were preached. 100 and that's 182 different sermons, by the way. Um, not necessarily different texts. Some of those sermons are like a fall retreat. We do three weekends of fall retreat. We preach the same series for all three of those. But 182 times the word of God was preached. That's not counting breakouts. That's that's uh, the preaching and proclamation of the word. Um, 
We had, uh, this is cool, we had um, 1,100 rafts go down the Nantahala River. So that's not counting the Okoye River, that's just Nantahala, and that's, you figure on average, six people in a raft. That's a pretty cool number, I like that stat. Uh, 33 students completed the Snowbird Institute this year. 322 groups. So if you take away individuals, um, like like at some of the adult conferences, those are a lot of those are, are just individual registration. Um, we have some groups at those, but most of them are individual registration. Just just churches and schools that brought groups, 322. And think about that, 322 churches and schools. And there's probably, I don't know the hard number, but there's, there's only about 20 schools that come, not even maybe. Um, so 300-plus churches came through this year. Um, 180, um, let's see, 182 of those churches were in the summer. So again, kind of splitting the, the, the numbers, you have a heavier church number in the summer because those are all youth groups, uh, hours of local ministry with SMO, that's Snowbird Mission and Outreach, 6,600 hours of local ministry. We painted several schools. We put in wheelchair ramps on homes, roofs. It's a, it's a super active ministry. Uh, last one. This is cool. Uh, this is a, a financial number. From the SWO One Fund to develop SWO property, $540,000 were spent. And that SWO One Fund, that's all donor dollars. So 540000 donor dollars, half a million dollars went into development of the property this year. Uh, that's phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely. Some of that's recreation. We had two major recreational components that we added. Um, but, man, what an awesome what an awesome report, huh? Thought that maybe some of you would be encouraged by that. Here's, here's some quotes. Andrew Spires, a pastor, Lakewood Baptist uh, in Phoenix City, I think, Alabama. I think that's where... Lakewood's at, and Andrew's a brother that used to be a student pastor. Now he's a lead pastor. It was amazing as always. No better camp in the southeast. Maybe no better camp in the entire country. Amen to that, by the way. Students are energized, and it'll be more than a small spiritual bump. It's more of a jumping-off point into what we have planned for our missions and service the rest of the summer. That's a cool report. Uh, Brandon Zortman, student pastor at Schindler Drive Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. Our goal in student ministry isn't to just see spiritual highs, but to see students saved and sanctified. And Snowbird is one of the best partners in helping facilitate that. Um, and then Kevin Mathis is, uh, he, he leads North Raleigh Christian Academy. I think the title is headmaster. Um, it would be equivalent of like the, the superintendent of, of, you know, principal meets superintendent at a, at a private Christian school. North Raleigh Christian Academy is a really good school. Solid education, big Christian school in the Raleigh area. Uh, Kevin says this, It is evident that SWO's team truly desires to invest in the lives of students and to train them in developing biblical relationships with Christ and each other. A sincere thank you for everything. So thank you to all the student pastors, school principals, teachers, youth pastors, leaders, um, adult parents, moms, dads that came as volunteers, lead pastors that showed up or that got behind their students coming. 
thank you all. Um, I want to remind you of the mission statement. The mission statement is Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. You can find that mission statement on pretty much anything we put out. And, and if you if you can't find it, ask anybody that works here and they can quote that to you on demand. And then they can break it down and explain it if you need that. And then just um, our year-end report, I, I want to include a little, just a little glimpse of the vision for what we've got coming up. The vision is to grow from just under 600 students a week to 800 students a week in our summer program. That The, the primary reason for that is because we're turning kids away, and that I, I can't stand that. that. That's just, I don't want kids to not be able to come who want to come. Um I just want to see students come here and have their lives impacted by the gospel. And some people, let me give one point of clarity. People will sometimes say, well, if you get too big, don't you think you'll lose your identity or forget who you are? It'll be too hard to maintain you know, that personal relationship component. And I would just say, no, everything we do is scalable. It's a good question, but we've thought that through and we have a good answer, good strategy, good plan. And I would even just point back to the fact that our first our first summer we were running groups of 30 to 40. And we I remember when we jumped up and we grew to 100. That was a concern that we had. And then when we grew to 200, that was a concern that we had. And then to 250 and then to 325. And then in each time we've grown, that's been a concern. Can we maintain that personal um, you know, the, the, the relational component. And the answer is yes, we can, because everything we do is scalable. So what that means is we just have to have a bigger staff, which means we meet, we need a larger number of management team people, um, so that we can disciple our staff well and, and, and equip them and grow them. So yeah, it's, uh, it's very scalable. So, you know, to simplify that, we, we said that we had, what was that number, 200, like for the summer staff workers, there's 210, and that's it, 550 people a week, 570 people a week, whatever we end up running. Well, you jump that up to 800, that staff number grows from 210 to 250, and uh, and so then we're able to continue to maintain that personal component. Um, but that's the vision, and uh, and we are in, in, in the right right. As we're looking at the new year, um, one last thing I'll say, I've been going for 12 minutes here, and I know that this, this is the kind of thing that can, can be super exciting or I could really end up boring you with numbers, and I don't want to do that. But the last thing I'll say is we have a, a strong and healthy and, and um, dedicated plan to move forward how we want to develop and grow. Um, the first move to be able to get to 800 students is going to be to build a new dining facility. And so that's the next thing on the list. Um, but before we can do that, we have to increase the water line onto the Snowbird property from a two-inch line to a six-inch line. And we're going to be able to do that because the town of Andrews is going to work with us. The state of North Carolina is going to work with us. The funding has come in through um, donor dollars, faithful giving of God's people, so faithful, so many people giving and um, the quarter million dollar project that it's going to be to run a water line. I mean, it's just like moving mountains, you know, to run major infrastructure projects. So it's going to take a quarter million dollars to get water onto camp property that's going to enable us to then grow the way we need to grow. So we get that water line in, Lord willing, in 2024. And then the next move will be to begin preparing and, and planning and, and building a new dining facility. 
from there, we will then expand housing and rec. So be in prayer for that. We have the, we have the acreage and the property, as you know, um, and God has been good to us and we've grown and expanded and it's just the hand of the Lord. So we're, we're so thankful. I know so many of our listeners are faithful supporters and givers. If you want to give um, to the, the development and expansion, it's easy to do. Just go to SWOutfitters.com. And there's a there's a donate tab, and you can give to the SWO One Fund. The SWO One Fund is the developmental fund. It's it's the it is designated funding for any future expansion of the physical property. So that money goes straight into infrastructure development, buildings, um, roads, the things that are that are going to help us to grow the physical property to be able to bring in students. Um, that's the SWO One Fund. You know, in the last couple of years, we've built a couple of bathhouses. We've built um, some some uh, housing structures and things like that. We've done some upgrades to and some add-ons to some of our main buildings. Um, so that's the SWO One Fund. So you can give to that um, here at the end of the year if you if you need a good tax write-off. There you go. That's a, that's a worthy cause. The Lord has been so faithful. Gosh, man, it's it's amazing what God has done in the last three or four weeks with people getting behind this and giving. So thank y'all. Um, so now I, I wanted to last week, it, by the time you're getting this, it'll be Saturday before last. We had all of our staff um, on all hands on deck with our full-time year round team. And then we did our annual Christmas party, which is just a big dinner. We cooked four pigs. Um, our, our kitchen crew cooked four pigs and we had a big, huge pig picking. And then, um, I don't know. I don't know the total number that ended up. It was way north of 200. It was close to 300 people here. We fed everybody and then we had just a big celebration and we uh we sung songs together, played some games, goofed off and then I shared a a word with our staff. And uh, and I want to share with you what I shared with them and just to to intro this um my, sort of where we are right now, my heart in this, and you hear this come through in a lot of the episodes we do, so many people are turning away from the faith. And it and it, and it seems, it, it's, it has felt like at times that people are turning away at a rate that we've never seen before. But I don't, I don't really think that's true. I don't. I think it's always been this way. I think there have always been people who were apostate, who turned away from the faith, who rejected the faith. Um, Jesus dealt with it. The early church dealt with it. The apostle Paul dealt with it and wrote about it extensively. And so this is nothing new. And one of the points that I made with our staff that you'll hear in this in this uh, challenge and, and charge that I gave them is usually the people that are that are doing that are making the most noise. So it sounds louder and feels like there's more people walking away than there are being faithful. But I will say this: the majority are remaining steadfast. The church, Jesus is always going to preserve his church and his remnant is always going to be faithful. And so be a part of that remnant and, and commit to be faithful and don't don't give in to the desires and temptations of the world to turn away in unfaithfulness. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it is such a blessing when you step back and think about the goodness and the faithfulness of our God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's so faithful, has been faithful, and will continue to be faithful. So focus on that, and and let's not be swayed by the unfaithfulness of the minority. 
And uh, and so with that, um, let me let me uh, welcome you to kind of peek in, sit in the back of the room, and and uh, and listen to the conversation we had last Saturday night with about three hundred former st- former and current staff members. All right, man, it's good to have everyone here. I want to I want to point out one one specific staff member that's here tonight that is very special to most of us. Uh, I think every, everybody probably know her. And that is Connie Whitaker. She's spent 20 years at Snowbird. 20 years. We love you a lot. We love you, Connie, so much. Connie's, Connie's going to kill me now. <laughs> I didn't tell her I was going to do that, but um, it's, it's so refreshing in a time where so few people stick to something. Just, and for 20 years, I mean, when Connie started working here, we were serving pre-wrapped meals from McDonald's and Hardee's, and she's been here through, through all the growth at Snowbird, and um, it's just refreshing uh, and it's refreshing to see a lot of people that are here tonight. Um, there's, I want to, I want to give y'all an encouraging, a word of encouragement, uh, briefly, um, about staying the course and being faithful to Jesus and being true to his word and recognizing that it is the majority of people that have served here that have stayed faithful. It is a small minority that tend to be really loud that have drifted or turned away. And I want you to be numbered in the faithful. And, and, and I want you to, I, I was, I sat <laughs> last night, there was a, Sarah Dunn had, um, Sarah Dunn's a phenomenal middle school girls basketball coach. There is not a greater niche you could describe than what I just described, you know, like, um, <laughs> But not a more like if you said to me, you can coach middle school girls basketball or go to a foreign planet and take your chances, you know, like I'd probably say B. I mean, it's very complex, you know, and um, it's just it's a hard world to live in. And and she does so well. And last night they had a Christmas party over at our house and um, about 20 minutes into that just dance party, I went out to the barn uh, where I spent the next hour. Um, it was so dark out there. It was so cold um, and so quiet. It was, <laughs> but I, um, uh, it, it was a hoot. But I got on the phone with um, Jay Ballou. Jay Ballou is Moose's brother-in-law. And uh, his name's Jonathan, but he goes by Jay. And Jonathan and Elisa are Moose's sister, brother-in-law. And then there are, I think, four kids they serve in Thailand. He's a church planner in Thailand. And we're talking, and, uh, and, and he had sent me a thing. He had sent me a 30-minute presentation of him speaking that he was going to then send to his main sending church. And he said, will you just proof this and let me know what you think. And in that, he described something that he's described to me before, and it was this, that when he was 24 years old, he read where God was laying out the requirements or the instruction for the Levites, the Levitical priesthood. 
And it said, you know, take, take these men at age 25, they will enter into service. And at age 50, they will move out of that service and into a, like a mentoring role. So he's sort of, he's patterned his ministry life and goals off of that. So he, he got, he got to Thailand when he was about 27 or 28, 25 is when they started preparing to go. I think he's mid thirties, late, late thirties, maybe now. I think he's got 15 years. So 35. And he'll be 50. And he said, you know, almost sort of this, this lifelong trajectory um, where at 50, I hope that we will have established enough of a work that I can begin to invest in people. I thought, he just described my life. 23 years old, God gave us a vision for Snowbird. Went to Little's dad that first year. He was like, he wasn't ready to get on board with that. A year later, he said, I'm ready, I want to do this. A year later, we moved here, 25 years old. I'm 51 now. In that time, the seasons of life, the ebbs and flows, the ro- there were things I could do as a 28-year-old that I cannot do now, things that I brought to the table in ministry. There are things that I bring to the table now in ministry that I did not bring to the table as a 28-year-old. And I think that it's, it's important that whatever phase of life you're in, we've got people in their teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, literally. It's important that, that we understand that we are on a journey where we are walking with Jesus. And at every step of that journey, you have something that you need to be doing for the work of the gospel, for the advance of the kingdom. It probably doesn't look the same when you're 38 as it does when you're 22. But, you, but I think part of the reason people veer off is they start drinking from the wrong well. They start setting the wrong goals, or they don't set goals. And if you will will fix your eyes on Jesus, set goals, and say, where am I going to be? Where am I going to be 25 years from now? People don't don't think like that. In, In the younger generation, people don't think that way. They don't think that way. But but we need to because we're on we're we're like on this gospel journey where we your life needs to matter right now and you need to be thinking about what it's going to mean when you're 50 and 60 and 70. There's a there's a couple here, um, Jake and Tabitha Stanley. I was just thinking in that one family, the ebbs and flows of life. I met Tabitha when she was a young teenager. As a camper, one of our first ever summer camps. One of the first years we ran camp. I want to say like 2000, 2001, somewhere in there. Does that sound right, Beth? When did you come? Maybe I met your sister before. When was it? 2000. So, okay, 2000, and, and, and that's, we're, we're approaching a quarter of a century. And in that time, I watched her family go through craziness then met Jake and his family, stood before God and man as they were saying their vows, officiated their wedding as they walked into a covenant relationship together. Within months, was standing in front of the same basic group of people preaching Jake's father's funeral. And then last night, I was wrestling with their little boy in my living room. The longer you live, the more ebbs and flows of life are going to happen. And, but it takes farsightedness, not just short-sightedness. And it's easy, I think, for the, those of us that are older, the older generation of us that are here, it's so easy to look back and see that. But when you're 25 and 30, it's hard to look forward and imagine that. 
God's got a whole lot of life for most of us to live yet. There's some folks that are going to go see the Lord soon probably. It's just statistically going to happen. But most people in this room, the Lord's got a lot of life yet for us to live. A lot of work to do. A lot of labor. Hand on the plow. Plow straight rows. Don't look back. Set your eyes on Jesus. Plow straight ahead. Plan for the next 25 years. And commit commit to not burn out. We serve a God who doesn't burn out. So if you're hitched to Jesus, if he is your source of life, your source of identity, if he's the well you're drinking from, you ain't gonna have no ministry burnout. I feel like I can say that now at this point in my life. You didn't, like that's a, that's a lie from the devil. Now you could have personal burnout because you take your eyes off Jesus and do things in your own strength. Just put your hand on the plow and just, Let's don't complicate this. Just serve the Lord with gladness. Come with his people in worship. Sharpen one another. Care care about other people. It's so important. Leave you with one uh challenging thought, maybe a word of of for for like what how do you chart that course and put your hand on the plow? There's we're going through the book of Mark right now at uh at Red Oak. There's this point in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus says, um, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let him hear. And, and, and the message is clear that, that I need to have ears to hear. Have you ever noticed how someone that is not a Christ follower or is in a place of like a disarray or backslidden state that they could hear the same words of scripture that you hear and it doesn't affect them the way it affects you it's because you have ears to hear um my my girls love to watch the voice and and so because all three of them juju laylee and little because and katie who's like one of my girls too she lives with us and so when like because they like to watch the voice I watch the voice with them because I want to be with them. I don't know what vibrato is. I don't give a crap. I don't know what falsetto is. I don't give a rat's fanny. I don't know what your chest voice, your belly voice, your head voice. I don't know, don't care. I know some of the people sound great to me. Some of them sound horrible, but I'm usually wrong on my assessment. The people that I like have never won. The people that I can't stand always win. And I've come to the conclusion I don't have ears to hear. I'm not tuned to the music. I'm not up with the trends. We just bought our son some pants called Lululemon. What the crap is that? I'm out of touch. I'm an old man. In a young man's world. I went to an art museum. Anybody ever been to the Atlanta Museum of Art? A lot of people. A lot of people love that. I walked through that thing with Kilby. You know why? Because I love my daughter so much. I love her so much. I would go to hell and back for her. I would crawl on glass for her. And I would go to the Atlanta Art Museum. 
because I love her so much. And we walked around and looked at some stuff that I just don't know. I don't know, Chad, what it was. I just don't know. I, I can spin a, I can, I, can, <laughs> I can skin a buck and run a trot line. A country boy can't survive. But I don't know about the Atlanta Art Museum. But I went and I looked and I realized I don't have eyes to see and appreciate. You know what I mean? But I'm committed to it. Each, each room or phase or stage we'd go through, I'd say, I want to pick something I really like. A few, few years ago, I decided I was going to write poetry. <laughs> Wanted to expand my territory. Realized that that wasn't going to work. So I memorized a poem and said it at Kilby's college graduation, quoted it, recited it. Boom, Robert Frost, stopping by woods on a snowy evening. So the next Christmas, I received a Robert Frost book of poetry. I ain't read a single poem in that thing. I just did that for my girl that night. You know what I mean? I don't have ears to hear. I don't have eyes to see. There's things that come natural for you. There's things that are easy for you because God wired you that way. You appreciate that. You run in that lane. You enjoy that thing. Some people are wired to work with their hands. Some people are athletes. Some people love art. Some people are creative. Everybody's bent a certain way, but it is the Holy Spirit in you that will give all of you and all of us ears to hear the Word of God. It's not like abstract art. It's not like music that you can't appreciate. It is the one thing every one of us is hardwired to appreciate and to understand and to get, to receive. But you have to be committed to walk in that walk, to put your hand on that plow, and then stay in that course. So Jesus says, let him who has ears to hear, let him hear. And the one that has ears to hear, I'll give him more, and I'll reveal more, and he'll know more, and he'll understand more, and he'll grow more because he tuned his ears to my word. You, you want to stay the course. It's important to set long-term goals. It's important to think about the long haul of what it looks like when you're 50, 70, 80, if God lets you live that long. But it comes down to every single day committing to have ears to hear. Because sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. Tomorrow wake up and have ears to hear. And a heart to receive. And a mind that's open to Jesus. And you'll be faithful when others aren't. And you will not burn out. And you will desire the fellowship of God's people. And it'll fuel you. And you'll be encouraged by it. And when you gather You'll sharpen and encourage and enjoy, and then you'll go out and we'll all be on mission and we'll impact the darkness with the light. We'll take wherever, wherever God's got you planted, in your field of, like in your, in, in your vocation, your field of education, wherever you're at in this stage of life, God will use you, and you won't burn out. Burnout, that's Satan's ploy, man. Jesus says this. Burnout is, is the thing that, that you don't have to experience. Because he says, take my yoke and learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light because I'll do all the heavy lifting. Tonight, I want to pray for, I want to rejoice that Zay is back and Cole is back, but Zay's here with us. I want to rejoice over what God's done uh, in their lives this fall. And I want to pray for Chris and Shelly Burns who are going through 
a very difficult battle right now. Again, I could tell that story. I met Shelly in the second year, third year of Snowbird's existence, and she served faithfully here for a lot of years. They're here. Um, so thankful that Lord gave her the energy to come. And I want to I close our time before we finish with some song. I want to pray over the Burns family, and specifically for God's continued hand of healing on, on Shelly. So if you would, um, pray with me. Lord, I thank you that... Uh, that you've given us the grace that we need that is sufficient grace that you've supplied what we need to live our lives and um in your will and in your in, in faithfulness to you and i pray that we would do that and i thank you for all these men and women that have come from different seasons of life and ministry seeing people like justin and christian and patty standing up here and tabitha and and, and all those that were here that are now mamas and daddies and raising families and, and, and being reminded that you are, you are growing your church through multiple, multiplication in the home. And we, we're grateful for that. And then also knowing that there, there are people in here who have struggled through great loss, even in the last year, and that we're a community that can bear one another's burdens. Thank you for for the Bonds and for Connie and for the Mabrys and, and, and for those that are ahead of us in life that have invested in this ministry. Thank you for Chris and Shelly, and I pray for your continued hand of protection. I pray for your hand of healing. I pray that you would bring peace and healing, that you would give doctors wisdom, that, that your healing power would be on display the way it was in so many of those gospel narratives where you you gave sight to the blind you gave um, words to the dumb you gave hearing to the deaf you gave um, the ability to walk to the lame you gave health to those that were sick you restored bones and muscles that were broken and atrophied you erased and eradicated leprosy from infected flesh Lord, we believe that you are the healer and that you can put your hand on and in the very DNA, the bone structure, the muscular structure, the lungs and the heart, the blood that is in Shelly's body, and you can heal her because you are the great physician that has the ability to do that. And so tonight, we implore, we plead, we ask you to do that. We come as your people asking you to do that. And I pray for your peace to rest on that home and that you would continue to bind them together by the hope of the gospel. I thank you that they're here tonight, and I pray they'd feel loved on and appreciated, and do thank you for Connie and her faithfulness for so many years, and thank you for all these people that at some point or another stepped into this ministry and signed up and said, I'll serve, I'll labor, I'll, I'll go through long days and short nights and, and pour my heart and life into students that need Jesus. I'll be a representation of the gospel. And thank you that you've linked us all together through that common mission and that uh, you've, you've used this body of people to impact the world with the one thing that will change the world, the one thing that gives all people hope, the thing that we celebrate most in this season, this time of year, and that is the incarnation of the God-man, that Jesus, you came, humbled yourself, became obedient to the cross. Therefore, you've been highly exalted because in your conquest of sin and death and hell and the grave, you've taken your rightful place where you're worshipped and where you will judge the living and the dead. And I thank you that you are our king and our savior. I pray tonight we would draw on that and be encouraged by it. 
and that you would enjoy the remainder of our time here as we worship you together. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening in and joining in. And my prayer uh, this week is that that would be an encouragement to you. I want to share some encouragement from the last couple of uh, weeks and episodes. Um, Give me a second here. Um, Okay, here we go. This is from a youth pastor in South Georgia. Hey, man, NSR was great this week. Very encouraging and reassuring for me personally. Thank you. That's a friend of mine who's uh, who just sent that by way of text. And then I want to share an email that was so encouraging. This is from a mom in literally in, in like the farthest point just about that you could get and still be in this country. Um, she is in California. Northern Cal, I think it'd be Northern California, up near Napa. Uh, I listen each week on Tuesday mornings at my awesome farm job. I wanted to thank you for the encouragement this week's episode was to me and to my own personal spiritual development this past year. And what a year it has been. Um, she's referencing um, this is a family that we are very connected to. She, her husband, um, was had a near death experience this past year. A young, fit guy, and he had a near death experience. So they've had a crazy year. For years, I've been beating myself up for not being able to stick with uh, with these read-through-the-Bible plans. I so often fail because I realize that the pressure to read big chunks at one time doesn't work for me. She's obviously, if, you, if you're a regular listener, she's referencing last week's uh, episode, the episode from last Monday. Um, I find that when I start reading, when I start reading big chunks, my mind wanders and I feel like a failure and often head down the slippery slope of wondering if my faith is even authentic because I can't stay engaged in four chapters a day. This past Sunday, one of our pastors preached on 1 John 1 and how our intentional personal fellowship with the Lord will help to make our joy complete. Within the sermon, he made mention of how the quality of our time with the Lord should be more important with the quant- than the quantity. And now, two days later, in this episode, you say the same thing. It's amazing. My heart needed this. Anyway, just having one of those thank you, Lord, for clearly, clearly showing me something moments. And it's through faithful preachers like you that God helps to get these things into my thick skull. So thanks. I really appreciate the practical stuff you put out there. So helpful when life feels crazy and sometimes out of control. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Please tell little that I say hello. My girls remember her as the lady who caught a lizard in our backyard and how cool she is at least compared to me, who wouldn't dare touch one of those things. Laughing emoji. And uh, that's from uh, a, a lady named Sharon, who's a good friend to the ministry. So that's a that's a huge encouragement. And I'll just circle back one time real quick to um, to that uh, that episode. You know, if, if you can read the Bible through in a year and, and you it encourages you and grows you, then, oh, man, I want you to do it. I hope nobody heard that episode. On the flip side, my goal was that people like what Sharon is saying there, that that's what people would hear and be encouraged by. I've had numerous conversations with people locally here in the ministry this week that were encouraged by it. But And I, I had a conversation with Little about it. Little listens to a, an app that's a, a through the Bible in a year app. And she said, you know, that's a really good thing. And, and it is because she reads, she does, you know, reading and devotional stuff, but then just listening. And a lot of people listen while they're driving or working <clears throat> and little actually, you know, she's a stay at home mom. She's a super busy gal. Um, that's, I say that with a, with, so it's, there's a caveat there. She runs so much. She, she, 
She's in, in the band at SWO, in the band at Red Oak Church. She runs pinwheel tutoring, um, high bandwidth, high capacity person. Um, and then we've got a house full and we've always got a house full. Like last weekend we had a couple, this past weekend we had, I thought, okay, we're going to have a, some downtime. And I was looking forward to it. And this is not a begrudging thing, but I was looking forward to like piling up on the couch and watching, you know, a movie together. And we don't get that. Like, like in my house right now, living, um, you know, I've got two kids that are gone, but I have four children at home and then little and I, so there's six of us, but there is always somebody else in our house. Always. I mean, almost 100% of the time. I don't know the percentage, but it is high. And so it can be, you know, it's her life can be so stressful. And I appreciate that each day after she takes the kids off to school, she makes herself an Americano or a latte at our little espresso machine. And she goes and wraps herself. She's real cold natured and, uh, she'll wrap herself up in a, in a really warm blanket. Uh, she, she sits in her chair, has a fire roaring and she listens to the Bible for about 30 minutes. And then she does her devotions for, you know, another 30 minutes to an hour. And so she was pointing out, Hey, this app is, you know, for folks that do struggle, this might be something that would be helpful. And so I know some people do already kind of, kind of use something like that. So that's a good reminder. But anyway, um, back to Sharon and her email, I just appreciate Sharon's email and her heart. And that was the goal. And it was just real encouraging for me to hear someone say, Hey, this is what I needed. So Thanks to Adam. Thanks to Sharon. Thanks to John, who I had a conversation with that said something similar. And um, folks that have expressed their support, really grateful. Um, thank you. I hope that uh, you have an awesome week here as we prepare the final week before Christmas. I am I am elated. I'm recording this a few days before it's dropping. But as of today, this Monday, um, the 19th, 18th. 18th today the 18th or 19th 18th 18th my son tucker is home um they will be playing uh, on on uh, december 27th virginia tech will be playing in the military bowl in annapolis against tulane which will be tough tough but fun tulane ended up 10 and 2 last year tulane beat usc and and uh, so it ought to be fun but anyway they they gave the boys three days off Sunday the 17th, Monday the 18th, Tuesday the 19th. He'll have to drive back tomorrow and be back tomorrow night. And then he'll spend Christmas in Annapolis, um, football practice and workouts on Christmas Day. But um, I'm so grateful to have uh, <clears throat> a little window here, and so we're grateful for that. Hope this is an incredible week for all of you. The next episode that drops will be on Christmas Day. We will drop an episode on Christmas Day, and it'll just be um, some scripture reading and, and uh, something that – That'll be hopefully an encouragement. Um, But anyway, love y'all. Thank you for supporting us and for listening and for being here. It means the world to us. It means more than you could ever know. And uh, so, so I hope you're encouraged by the content that we put out. And I hope this episode is just uh, some good housekeeping and updating and, and you can kind of get a feel for where SWO is here at the end of the year. And also that, that you're encouraged by the word that was shared with our staff and maybe it'll be something that's, applicable for your life and i hope the lord bless you in an awesome way this week i believe he will um stay faithful keep your hand on the plow don't look back plow straight rows until jesus comes back or calls you home and lord willing we'll see you next monday thanks for listening to no sanity required 
please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating. It really helps. Visit us at SWOutfitters.com to see all of our programming and resources. And we'll see you next week on No Sanity Required.